How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. You're listening to Around the Dial. Your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Thursday, June the 6th. I'm your host, DA. Game three goes to the Toronto Raptors, the NBA Finals. A limited, banged-up Warriors team without Kevin Durant again, and Klay Thompson sat as well. And with their absence, the Raptors able to take advantage of it. And so, a 2-1 series lead for the Raptors, but one of the stories now swirling today is a push. Kyle Lowry from Toronto dives into the stands at Oracle Arena and gets shoved, gets pushed by one of the fans sitting courtside. Just so happens, that fan is... Warriors minority owner, Mark Stevens. Uh-oh! Here's Joe Lowe and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. The individual who shoved Raptor guard Kyle Lowry last night, his name is apparently Mark Stevens, and he is a venture capitalist and part owner of the Warriors. Boss. So what do we what do we make of this? <laughs> part owner of the oh, Warriors boy. with what would, appeared to be Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's get as accurate as possible. It looked like a, a one-handed shove yes. when Lowry jumped into the stance to try That's to correct. save the ball. Is that fair? I don't want to speak out I think a shove is not as severe as a push. To me, a push is a two-handed, you're standing, you push somebody. This was just almost like a one-armed Heisman. I'm not excusing the action not. because it was inappropriate, but I think shove is a good way to describe it. See, I disagree with you. Why is it Drake's allowed to put his hands on coaches, but a Warrior owner mm. can't put his hand on a player? But What's the difference? Drake's not putting his hand on the opposite players, the opposite coaches. That's a little discrimination. And, and it was a little more of a hostile shove that he mm. gave him. Now, hold on. So Drake's allowed to walk, on, walk away from his seat and put his hands on a coach. That we have deemed is somewhat okay, acceptable, no penalties handed out. But an owner of a team, when a player violently and intentionally throws himself into you... Violently you use an arm to get him away. Now it. suddenly you're the villain. I side with Sir Mark Stevens here. I side with Sir Mark Stevens. Are you Stevens? trying yes. to get to his tickets for game four right now? Well, he can't this is use them because he's suspended. Someone has to sit there, and I'd be willing to take that bullet. I'll, I'll Mark, give you this. If you can't it, go, I will take that bullet. It did seem like Kyle Lowry was a little extra there. He didn't have to go into the crowd with that much veracity. As it was he did. theatrics. But, but you still can't are, are you, shove him. Are you serious right now? Because it was a little extra. But he went in to get the ball. Now, here's the only thing that I'm saying is that I could see if Cal, if Lowry would have fell on this gentleman, I would have no problems with the guy shoving him to get him off him. He reached across another seat to shove. That's the difference. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I was just saying, I was giving him that. Him. But yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, if he's following me, if a guy you can't follows do me, it, yeah, Mark. I'm push him it's to called third party self defense. 
Third-party self-defense. If you're standing with a friend, and you know how you, the, the rule of self-defense, if you can you can throw a punch to protect yourself, right? We all know yeah, that. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's a law. If you're being attacked, you can go ahead no, and throw no, no, a punch. No, 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 It was past him being attacked, though. He had already right. gotten up, third, and then he was shoved. Self-defense. He was just mad. Basically, Mark was saying, you can't be in here. You shouldn't have came over here. Get out of here. Get out of here. This is fifth-person self-defense. Mark Stevens did nothing wrong. If Drake is allowed to put his hands all over a coach, I don't understand why a part owner can't push an individual, a player, away from him when that player and has committed assault by throwing himself into a assault. series of people at a sporting event. And according to Kyle Lowry, assault? there were some words uttered that were very hostile. Mm. Sorry to hear that, Kyle. Sorry to hear that. Also, this is an NBA Finals game. What do you want? You want you throw yourself into the crowd. Oh, oh, sir, let me help you up. Could you sign my Bible while you're at it? No. Let them know. You want to dive for a loose ball and you want to dive into me. I say $35,000, $50,000 to this seat. I'm going to let you know what I think. It sounds like, sound like some of the things he said crossed the line, though. So I don't know. Maybe, okay. well, maybe not. Now, if we're in that territory, I'll just gladly <laughs> no, accept the seat Joseph. if he can't go to the game and we'll move on from there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can get it for probably forty-two grand a right. seat. The prices are probably going up for game four, Gosh. which could be the final game ever at Oracle. What a clown move by this dude, minority investor Mark Stevens. I got it. Tough guy, tough tech guy, tough tech Silicon Valley millionaire. And to feel cool, I'm going to throw millions of dollars into basically getting good seats at a Warriors game because then I'll really be important. And how dare Kyle Lowry die for a basketball in the biggest game of his career on the road in the fourth quarter of an NBA Finals game and jostle my beer. Don't you know I'm a VIP? Clown move, chump move. And if a minority investor is getting ejected from a game and has to sit at home for a game four and watch it on the couch, then you really know that dude is a loser with a lot of money. Now, with those injuries, people will ask, yeah, the Raptors won. And yes, Toronto has a 2-1 series lead, but is Toronto beating the real Warriors? And does this even count? Here's Mad Radio on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. I think the Rockets would win this game with the way the Warriors are so undermanned in this specific game. But I'm not. I was. I wouldn't have been incredibly confident. Oh, I, is that just a I, Mike Meltzer? I, I think thing? that's a Mike Meltzer thing. That's a, you're still burned from the playoff loss. The look, the Warriors. The Warriors scored 109 points. You know, and like I, I know you've got Kawhi Leonard over there on defense, and you've got the whole other crew, and 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 all of that. But like the Warriors are just simply not themselves. And like 109, a little bit of that was just charity at the end of the game when nobody's paying attention, yeah, trying so to too. play all that hard. So they were uh, like, this was a this was a meager Golden State Warriors offense. And when when you can focus your attention on Curry and other guys aren't taking advantage of it, I would actually trust the Rockets. I would trust the Rockets to have won more authoritatively. I think the Rockets would have done more to knock Curry off the three-point line, and maybe that would have meant sacrificing a little bit more underneath. But I, I actually, I actually, given that the Rockets have so much experience playing the Warriors and know what their mo is defensively, I would have felt much better with the Rockets versus compared to like the Raptors versus the Warriors. So I guess that my next question that I thought in my mind, my hypothetical was. If the Rockets were to face this Warriors team without Klay Thompson, without Kevin Durant, 
and you won, like let's say you won the whole series because the Warriors had to play four games with that lineup, how would you feel about that knowing that for the next two decades you're going to have to listen to people and argue with people online, talk about how, well, well, just like when they won it without Jordan, now they won it without those guys. I mean, first of all, well... Which I think is garbage, by the way. I yeah. don't care. I mean, give me a ring. I'll take the damn ring. I agree with that. There are a couple of things. One, I think as far as you know, Jordan goes, people also underestimate you know the, the second Rockets championship team, what they had to go through in the West. Like That was a legendary playoff. Right, run. I know. Let's just throw that one out. We'll I shouldn't have even out. brought it up. That's okay. Uh, I would think two things. One, I think the spirit of what people would be saying would actually be right in that, yeah, you didn't truly just throw in the Golden State Warriors. Like... If the Raptors go on to win this series and Klay Thompson returns but is clearly compromised, and let's say Durant doesn't come back, mm-hmm. then they would not, I don't think, be viewed nationally as, yeah, they overcame the true Golden State Warriors, first point. Second point, though, listen, a championship championship is a championship, and we'd all be thinking, listen, I understand logically in my mind that you would have been, from a Rockets standpoint, beating a team that wasn't really the Golden State Warriors, but ultimately, I'd be thinking to myself, you know what? In in the grand scheme of life, they didn't have Durant. They didn't really have. They didn't have Clay Thompson in your hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have Chris Paul last year. Yeah, and I'm sure there have been a litany of things that have. Uh, I, I would start thinking along the lines of like the the universe, the cosmic justice. I'd be thinking. <laughs> I, I'd be thinking like, well, what if Yao Ming was healthy for 15 years? Right, I, or I, Tracy I'd McGrady be, or anything or like Trace, that. No, that's exactly. just that, like. Durability is an athletic trait, yes. and sometimes it's there, and sometimes it's not. Just like sometimes you, sometimes your three pointers are shooting three pointers, sometimes they're not. It wouldn't bother me at all, like not one single bit. Because you're right, you're exactly right. You lost Chris Paul last year, and and for the for the last two games of the series, two and one quarter games of the series, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Sometimes the Warriors, in having this streak in this dynasty, have been somewhat lucky with injuries themselves. The fact that their big guys have always been there at the end of the season, especially Steph Curry, yep. who at one point of his career seemed particularly injury prone, that was part of it too. So I don't, I would have no qualms about that. It does, it does give me a little bit more hope towards next year because I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, all right, I've been, I've been pretty morose about the Rockets. Yesterday I'm talking about how, okay, well, the team as constructed right now obviously isn't a championship team. So why bother in a lot of respects? I, I took a step back and reassessed because, you see how achievable it can be and that it does take a little bit of luck by the Warriors to stay as healthy as they have. Plus, once Durant, once once Durant's gone for good, assuming that he is, then any little injury to Steph Curry, to Klay Thompson, to Draymond Green, Draymond Green getting fat again, not that he was ever fat fat, but gaining back 25 pounds, yep. being emotionally volatile, all those things are that perhaps the Warriors are a little bit more vulnerable than you wanted to believe. And then also, I'm watching Danny Green... And I'm sitting there thinking, man, man, it'd be nice to have a 45% three-point shooter on this Rockets team. That would be nice. For about $10 million a year. Danny Green is a free agent. Can Danny Green, can Danny Green be on this roster? Because we, I, I, we've almost been operating under this assumption that, like, well, Tillman Fertitta isn't going to be aggressive. If the Rockets are aggressive and go out and say I luxury tax be that. damned. Right, because that's what it would take, right? If you get Danny Green, yes. luxury tax be damned then all of a sudden I'm feeling a lot better about Chris Paul because now there's one more option for a guy that's, for all the threes the Rockets take, they don't have a Danny Green. They don't have that guy that's just nails from the three-point line. You know, forget these asterisks. Forget putting some type of qualifier on this. The Warriors have been the most powerful machine we've seen in professional basketball 
since the Celtics of the 1960s. So this is the best basketball team in 50 years. And now suddenly, because they lost two guys, Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, now it's a lottery team. Now suddenly it doesn't count if you beat them. That's such a joke. And I'm glad Seth Payne brought up how much the Warriors have benefited from other teams' injuries. I mean, this is a Warriors franchise that benefited from the injuries to the Cavaliers, two of their best three players in the first finals. Benefited last year from Chris Paul getting injured when the Rockets were up three games to do. Benefited from Kawhi Leonard getting injured by Dirty Zaja Pachulia a couple of years ago. I mean, they have only benefited from injuries. Now suddenly, well, they're too injured. It's not like you're really beating the Warriors. That's a joke. The Raptors are getting it done. Give them credit. In Pittsburgh, it's been a restless summer. It's been a restless calendar year, especially for Steelers fans, because Antonio Brown shot his way out of town, and Le'Veon Bell refused to sign a long-term deal with the Steelers, so eventually he landed free agency-wise with the New York Jets. And we get the news story that Le'Veon Bell was robbed. He was out at the gym, and his two girlfriends, yes, plural, while he was at the gym, ransacked his house, and left with a ton of jewelry and valuable items. Well, in Pittsburgh, sounds like they're not crying too much for either player, specifically Lev Bell. Here's 93.7, the fan of Pittsburgh at the Fan Morning Show. This is a guy who, when seasons have started, and he's been sort of behind the eight ball, he's had to play catch up a bit, whether it be due to suspension or injury, it's taken him a while to get ramped up, right? Right. I mean, this is a guy who, if anybody should be looking to get off on the right foot and build momentum early, well, you would think it would be Le'Veon Nobody Bell. got hurt, stabbed, killed, or mugged, okay? So we can laugh a little bit about this. Is Pittsburgh enjoying this? Is this is this the right kickoff to the season that you want? Because I'm actively rooting against Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Actively rooting against both of those. And in a weird way, I'm actively rooting against Le'Veon Bell more than Antonio Brown. I really am. Really? Yep. Just because of the contract stuff, because the Steelers two times tried to give him what he wanted. And because he was just, and he lied. He lied straight to Marquise Pouncey and those guys about when he was coming back. I'm on that board too. I'm rooting against the guy. I I, I want him. So is Pittsburgh happy this happened? I want him in his first three games with the Jets to have 50 carries for 123 yards because. Then he'll see what it's like to be the guy, to be the man when the New York media just goes off on him. And when he what gets a bust snowed he under is. for 31 yards, right? And then he, it, he tra- because he's never handled adversity well, because yeah. he's never really had to face much adversity here, because even when the adversity hit, Mike Tomlin had his back in a weird, weird way, I thought here. Can, well, can we just go back to the fact that this was like some sitcom situation where he had two girlfriends in the same house? If you can pull that off, though, <laughs> I mean, this With is one named Janet and one Chrissy. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is a classic example of like one of those uh, stupid sitcom tropes where the guy's got two dates scheduled at the same time and he's running back and forth between tables at the same restaurant. Now, did they break into his house? It's, Apparently, it sound- they didn't have to. It, it, it no. sounded like they had a key or it was open or whatever it was that they didn't have to like go forcibly go in there. They just are like hanging no, out at I his think house. That they were there under the guys that they were, you know, like kind of with them and like his friend and whatever. And then he gave him a moment to get out of there and they just grabbed the loot. They were gone. Two gold chains with diamonds, a black Panther pendant with black and white diamonds. And I a have Rolex one watch. of those. 
The Black Panther with the black and white. Thomas. And the watch, yes. Yeah, I got the roll. A now, couple but of those the, rollies. You can't like take Is them that to the, the aftershave Black Panther. <laughs> but like you can't take them to the pawn shop. They're they're so no. personalized. What are you gonna do with them? You, if you now, I'm not in the theft business, but you know, if you do steal, you gotta take something that you can move on the it's street. Not so easily identifiable. Yes, that's not personalized. Like, so, it, ma'am, where did you get this? Right. If you steal a car, don't steal one of those pink Mary Kay Cadillacs or whatever. <laughs> you steal like a, a run of the mill car. Like I know unless, this. Unless you're really into selling cars. Uh, right. You you can't. You just can't do oh, that. You run that Mary Kay to Mako, and yeah. then it's not pink anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's, not, he's dealing not only be, with criminals, but with dumb ones. It's going to be a circus in New York. It'll it be is. a circus in Oakland. The I'm circus will all. continue. Yo, what could go wrong, Le'Veon Bell? I mean, you have two girlfriends at your house, and you're not there. What, what could go wrong? You know, once you put two girlfriends, plural, in the same house, and you're not there, you're going to get robbed. I think that's basically the... If this happens, then this happens. You could have a girlfriend there and a girlfriend all the way over there, but you can't have the girlfriend here and the other girlfriend here, and then you leave the house and not expect to get robbed. The Patriots are obviously very easily hateable, but specifically now another reason to wonder what is going through Tom Brady's head as Team Brady files for the trademark to the nickname Tom Terrific. Now, never mind that he's never been called Tom Terrific, But how about the fact that that nickname existed well before Tom Brady with another all-time great, Tom Seaver, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame and right now battling dementia, so out of the public eye. Seems pretty cold and soulless and ignorant, does it not? Well, here's Mutt and Callahan on WEEI in Boston with Boomer Esiason. And you gotta love this angle from Boston, that Tom Brady, just a victim of haters right now. I don't think a lot of people in New England, Boomer, that are 35 and younger would equate Tom Terrific with Tom Seaver, quite well, frankly. Well, 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 but I don't think that's the case. Well, well now they should because right. they have all been awakened as to what we feel like down, he- uh, you know, down here in New York. So, you know, here's the thing. I-, I got the job at WFN in 2007. One of the first things that I did was try to raise the level of Tom Seaver's um, notoriety here by saying that, the, uh, the New York Mets should put a statue of Tom Seaver in front of the brand new city field that was going to open, I believe, in 2008. So I've been on this kick for 12 years. Then I go out and see him. Uh, my former car- partner, Craig Carton, you know, has a beautiful statue made of Tom Seaver. He gave it to me for my birthday a few years back. I mean, so I've been in the middle of this for years and years and years. And I do not have Tom Brady derangement syndrome. I do not have President Trump derangement syndrome. I don't have any of that stuff. I just speak from the heart. I speak for, as a as a lifelong fan. And then somebody who actually ran into Tom uh, Seaver uh, at his winery while he was uh, battling the onset, early onset of dementia. Well, do, so. you, do you are you one of these people who thinks it's worse because Tom Seaver is sick? We're getting that a lot, Boomer. That uh, I think that's part. It makes I think it more part, sleazy. I, I well, <laughs> I think it. My, I think it's part of it. But I will say this: uh, for somebody who has nothing but the utmost respect for both men. For what they did on the field, you know, Tom's uh, Tom Seaver has won over 300 games. You know, he wasn't on an innings pitch limit. You know, this guy was everything that we want our pitchers to be today, and he set the right example. And quite frankly, you know, when you get a chance to meet the people that uh, you know inspired you when you were younger, and you get to meet them, and you get to sit down with them, and you get to know them, 
uh, you know, and you come away really proud that you, sp- you know, that you chose the right guys. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just going to fight this one tooth and nail all the way to the yeah, end. You'll win. I just don't think it's right. You'll win. The, the Brady's camp will give up. They'll do, and and he's, I think he might be speaking today. Uh, he's supposed to, yeah. And he'll be asked about it. And he'll, like he usually does, he'll say the right things. But I have some more bad news for you, Boomer. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. Chris Berman's working for us now. He's doing some Red Sox games, and I was talking to him that day. He um, copyrighted Boomer. You can't use it anymore. Yeah, yeah I'm Sorry. sure he did. Yeah, you're out of yeah. luck. Well, well, luck. here, well, here's the difference. And I like Chris Berman too. But you know, I was born with the name Boomer. My dad gave it to me before I was born, before I actually came out of my mom. But so I've had it my entire <laughs> life. I didn't give it to myself. So that's the way I look at that. You know, that's that. This is a different thing. I don't. I never heard in all the years that we've worked together. And I think this goes all the way back to 2001. We're down in New Orleans. And I sat on your show, Jerry, and I said the Patriots were going to win. They were going to beat the Rams, and everybody went crazy and all that other stuff. And then sure enough, Adam Benatari kicks the game-winning field goal. We walk off, and I felt like, you know what? I got it right, and I got it right because I, I believed in Bill Belichick back in the day. So, um, you know, I, I just I just think that all of this, all of this is crazy and that some lawyer or some I don't somebody within TEB Capital or whatever that's I'm sure it's Tom's cap, big money uh, capital place uh, decided that Tom Terrific would be a good thing uh, to trademark and then of of course of course us Tom Seaver sycophants are are, are going to react to that now as far as uh, the Tom Brady you know uh, uh, derangement syndrome is concerned I can't speak to those people I can, o- can only speak to the people that truly love Tom Seaver and that and you're talking to one of them here this morning. <laughs> Boy, in Boston, they can twist anything the way that they want to twist it so that it makes sense in their minds because the Patriots or the Red Sox or the Celtics or the Bruins, but specifically Tom Brady, can do no wrong. Can't we just say this? Even if the business team of Tom Brady filed this without him knowing, Tom Brady should understand, hey, that's out there. We got to stop it. And if they didn't run it by Tom Brady, Brady is at fault for not knowing what's going on with his business team. But Brady ultimately needs to call off the dogs and say, that's not my nickname. It's the nickname of a previous great. He's also in a sensitive health situation right now. We don't need the nickname Tom Terrific to sell a few more hats or football cards. And so either way, Brady is at fault here. And thinking that this is just about hating Tom Brady... No. If Peyton Manning did this, if Magic Johnson did this, if Michael Jordan did this, if any all-time great did this, plenty of people would say, what are you doing? You were never called that nickname, and the man is in declining health. Why is it so important right now to trademark that nickname? So what's the unwritten rules of baseball? In a minor league game between the Hartford Yard Goats and the Trenton Thunder, there was a combined no-hitter into the ninth inning. And the team that was being no-hit decided to bunt to break it up. They did. They got the hit. They did not get the win. They lose 3-0, but break up the no-no. So this causes quite the controversy between the yard go to the thunder. And when those two teams get together, you obviously throw out the record books. So here's the Gary Parrish Show on 92.9 in Memphis talking about unwritten rules. Controversy last night, minor league baseball between Hartford and Trenton. It's the Hartford Yard Goats and the Trenton Thunder. Here's what happened. Bennett, I'll ask you what's okay and what's not okay. So um, the Yard Goats had a no-hitter 
the Yard Goats had a no-hitter in the ninth. Now, it wasn't like a no-hitter that we normally celebrate because they were using multiple pitchers to have this no-hitter. It wasn't like their starting pitcher had a no-hitter in the ninth. But as a team, they still Got had it. a no-hitter in the ninth. Yep. So then they get two outs in the ninth. They're okay. one out away from a no-hitter. It's a 3 nothing ball game. So the game, uh, God, I know being a Mets fan, the game, very, the game ain't over. Just because you got a three-run lead late doesn't mean the game's over. I've learned that multiple times in the past week. Mm-hmm. So it's a 3-0 game, uh, two outs in the ninth, and a guy for the Trenton Thunder lays down a bunt, beats it out, breaks up the no-hitter, mm. Next batter gets out, game over, but the two teams exchange words. The bench is cleared after the game. No punches thrown, but the yard bur- yard goats rather were clearly aggravated that their no-hitter was broken up with a bunt in the ninth inning with two outs. Who is right here, the yard goats to be aggravated or the Trenton Thunder to get a guy on base however you can get a guy on base? While I'm already a fan of the yard goats because I think that's a great name for a baseball team, um, I got to go with the other team here. I, I don't think that uh, it's in the rules that they can bunt, and so they can do whatever they want, frankly. You and I are in total agreement. First off, I don't care about any of your unwritten rules. Yeah, None me of either. Them. None of them. Well, you can't flip a bat and stare down a ball. If you, Yes, you can. You can flip a bat, You're stare at a ball that. whenever you want to, far as I'm concerned. In fact, I encourage it. Well, you can't lay down a bunt when you are uh, you know, facing a no-hitter. Yes, you can. He did. It broke up the no-hitter. And by the way, um, extended a game that if the next hitter walks, gets hit, singles, anything, you're bringing the tie and run to the plate. Mm-hmm. It's not like this was an 11-0 game, but to be clear, even if it were, I don't care. Well, you can't steal a base if you're up seven runs in the seventh. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Let's play the game. <laughs> Let's just play the game. Everything's fine. Forget unwritten rules. If it's against written rules, can't do that. You know, you can't come to a stop, then make a movement, then not pitch the ball. That is against the written rules. That's a balk. Mm -hmm. Written rules, we're going to play by them. Unwritten rules, I don't care about them at all. So boo to the Hartford Yard Goats. Superior name, clearly. For sure. But they want to play by unwritten rules. And the Trenton Thunder and me, we ain't playing by unwritten rules. We're trying to win a baseball game, however we can win a baseball game. I side with the Trenton Thunder on this one. The Yard Goats need to to get it together. Uh, I don't know. I I get being anti the unwritten rules of baseball and the code of conduct. But bunting to break up a no-no is cheap because you're not trying to win there. All you're trying to do is avoid the embarrassment. So it's like kicking a field goal down 56 to nothing. I mean, what does that do for you? Are you trying to win the football game? Are you trying to win the baseball game? If not, then take a seat. So, yeah, I do think it's ridiculous because I don't think you're trying to win the game right there. Finally, we had a doozy this week where the all-time hit king, Pete Rose, has been promoting his new book. So he joined Mike Francesa, WFAN in New York, and described quite a story involving him dumping water on a naked Joe DiMaggio who needed a shower in the middle of the jungles of Vietnam on a USO tour. So, yeah, that imagery will stick with you for a while, but uh, what's even better, Greg Giannotti's impersonation of how that conversation could have went in that studio as Pete talked to Mike Francesa. Here is here is the morning show on WFAN in New York. 
You went on a uh, tour with DiMaggio. I won't talk about it, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. All right, what, listen. What, uh, listen. Well, you know, the old saying. He when, was the best, by the way. Marilyn Monroe was asked about Sinatra, she said he's no DiMaggio. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can explain why. <laughs> yeah. Because you gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Tell people how you gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Well, no, we're... we're can I do the whole story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We're we're down in, as you may not know, South Vietnam is a jungle. He went to Vietnam with Joe DiMaggio yeah. on a tour. Yeah, 23 days I lived with Joe. Yeah. And it's so hot you can't sleep, and all of a sudden Joe says, i got to take a shower. I said, Joe, we're not downtown Saigon. We're in the damn <laughs> middle of the jungle. He said, I don't give a darn. I'm Joe DiMaggio. i got to take a shower. So the only way you could take a shower there is a guy had to get up get up on a chair, me, have a bucket of water, pour it into this canvas pour it thing. Over his head. Pull the chain, and the guy underneath took a shower. I gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Now, the best way to describe Joe DiMaggio is he was a penis with a man hanging from it. <laughs> You're going to get us kicked off the air, Mike. <laughs> you know how we call them thongs today? I understand. When I played, they that called them the char point. shoes. I understand. Joe wore three of them. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Okay. So. Moment of the day! All right, so Pete Rose was on with Mike yesterday in studio. Um, while he was in studio, he was relaying a story about Joe D. I'm going to play a clip because you actually talked about the clip an hour prior to me playing it. So just to set it up, this was what you were referencing. The best way to describe Joe DiMaggio is he was a penis with a man hanging from it. <laughs> Pete Rose, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so then G reacting as Mike. It's just one of those things that you knew, folks. You just it was just I mean it wasn't out there, but if you were in the know, you knew. Okay? It wasn't talked about like it's talked about now. Those things were hush hushed back in the day. Who was well endowed, who was not. You know. But uh DiMaggio, I mean he wasn't you know okay, he'd like to let people know. <laughs> you know, he liked you know, out of the shower, maybe he can't find the towel right away, you know. He liked to, you know, he liked to, he he liked to let people know about it. I mean, he didn't get folks. Hey, hey, folks, he didn't get Marilyn Monroe for no reason. Okay, I he didn't just stumble upon her for no reason. Okay, hey, one look at that thing and uh, marriage. Uh, I uh, we'll, we'll get Sweeney up in a little bit, and we'll talk about Jody. And his penis. <laughs> it's one of the weirder moments of the day, but there you go. Moment of the day. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate that. That seems like the perfect place to end it. Yep, that'll do it. The best of your sports talk for Thursday, June the 6th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.